You know, it's been fucking years, but I am still waiting for the sequel to Kangaroo Jack. It's known as Marsupial Joe. <laughs> it's a good But film. more than that, I am waiting for the prequel called Pouch Having Pete. <laughs> I would watch that. I was kind of uh, reaching for something there because yeah. I couldn't think of synonyms for marsupial. <laughs> Clearly. But uh, the point of this is that for a while there, people were bitching about sequels a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. And now they're bitching about remakes a lot. Yeah. And reboots. Yeah. And I get it, you know. We do have a lot of sequels. We definitely have a lot of remakes going on nowadays. And reboots galore. It's a thing. It's happening. Yeah. But you know what kind of never happened, but it's still happening? Yeah. Prequels. Yeah. I mean, they're just... They've kind of always been around. But, uh, you know, uh, nobody ever really goes, gee, I wish we had less prequels. That's true. But nobody ever goes, gee, I had, I wish we had more prequels either. It's just kind of in the middle. Yeah, they just kind of happen every now and then. And they mostly go under the radar. And, you know, more often than not, they're forgotten about yeah. and or with, just disregarded. With some exceptions. With some exceptions. But uh, we're going to just talk about the prequel phenomenon. We're going to cover every prequel ever because... You know, we don't have a million years. We're just going to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites. And not in any particular order. We're just going to chat it up. But I think we could blame the prequel resurgence, if you will. Because before this one event, they happened every now and then. Nah, yeah. But after this one event, they started happening a lot more consistently. Though still rare, they still happened a lot more consistently yeah. after the prequels. When you say the, the prequels... prequels. Everybody knows what you're talking about. And that's, of course, the, the horrible prequels. fucking Star Wars prequels. I'm just going to say Ooh. right there. Now, I know I'm going to have some Warsies yeah. come after me. Yes, before anybody goes, we don't call ourselves Warsies. There was somebody once that yeah. said, yeah. and there was a little movement. To call themselves Warsies. Yeah, and, and it was even in a magazine, and I laughed so hard at that. The point is, I'm not a Warsie. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Uh, I do like Trek, but that doesn't mean I'm opposed to Star Wars. I do like Star Wars. I like Empire. I like Rogue One. Sue me on that. That's about uh, it. <laughs> but that's about it. Uh, but yeah, no, I've I mean, warmed I, up to the series. I, I've, I see the merits of some of them, mm. but uh, what what is was inexcusable to me was the prequels. The, yeah. they're, they're horrid. You know, for all this time, we were waiting years, and even I, who, who went too big on Star Wars, I was waiting for. You know these things to come back. Well, now I should have known better because George, George Lucas. <laughs> you're excited about the uh, the Darth Maul, and uh, he wasn't in the movie. I was look. I'll I'll grant you. I'll give you this. This is why I was excited for Darth Maul. Lucas purposely teased that Christopher Walken was going to play Darth Maul, and there was no images of him for a while. So I was like, oh man, Darth Maul is going to be cool, right? Christopher fucking Walken. Yeah. This is bound to be rad. Turns out it wasn't. Nope. And uh, it was also not rad. Nope. How we got it. I mean, it was cool looking. And technically, if he would have... Was it, though? He would have... I mean, I thought so. It was all right. Mm, you know? It was all right. It's better looking than most of the aliens. But, uh, you know, it was like... Uh, oh, yeah. His design was fine. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, like, he dies. Cool. Yeah, instantly does nothing. Is in there for, like, nine minutes and sucks yeah. ass. I mean, granted, he did more than Boba Fett. So, there's that. That's a good point. <laughs> Zing, you Boba Fett loving fucks. But the point is... We got these fucking prequels, and, and, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it says it best when I went to the, the showing, and uh, first of all, 
one of my proudest moments in life was I walked by all these tents and just people just standing there all unshaven and smelling like ass. Because Not because they're there, by the way. Just, just in general. They, yeah, just because they smell like ass. But, but waiting in line for months added to that, so that's fun. But uh, I just walk by them and I, and I buy my ticket and I go in and I sit down and then they let them in. Hang on. And I was like, uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you could have done that. Yep. But the point is, I sat there and I said... I've opened mine. I said, uh, let's see what uh, what happens. Lucas doesn't have the studio in his hair this time. They should have been. They definitely, yeah. That's sad when you got to say, you need some studio involvement yeah. in this bitch. You know, because, boy, howdy, was I fucking bored and uh, disgusted. Yep. It was awful. I, I, You know, people say the Phantom Menace is the worst prequel of all time. I disagree. I think the second one is. Because with the first one, uh, when rewatching it with the Guardian, at least I had some fun in mocking it, and I wasn't bored. I was like, "This sucks," but there was like camaraderie in us thinking it sucked, right? And it, thus, it was somewhat fun, even though it was shit. The sequel, it was or the sequel, prequel, whatever part, episode two, complete garbage, freaking. Sh- there's no redeeming factors until the last fifteen minutes, and even that. Is kind of shit because it looks like a crappy cartoon. Yeah, the effects were like uh, shockingly bad, man. Yeah, like and really bad. how much money they sunk into this and the ILM was behind it. You at least... I mean, you can't even say they were good for the time. No, they're bad for the time. They're just... There's actually... They pile up, the badness piles up to the point where it's like a bitter taste. There's scenes in... in, in um, I don't remember what it's called, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that look worse than stuff in Phantom Menace. Oh yeah, and I mean because there's so much, there's so much going on that, and and it's sad because the 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 only effective scene, which again is those last ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes, it just sucks because it looks like a cartoon. But it, you know that is a little bit effective. The problem is that should have started the movie. Yeah, no shit. How about ending this movie? Oh, oh man, oh, is this leading to the... Yeah. Nope. And actually having like an atmosphere of Palpatine rising to power and you're like, oh shit, something's going to happen. And then it ends. Yep. And then of course all the cool stuff happens in the cartoon. Yeah, which apparently f- was good. Yeah, what the fuck was that shit? Terrible sequel to a prequel, which is still, a prequel. still a prequel. And then we had Attack of the Clone... I mean, I'm sorry, we had a... Um, uh, what the fuck it called? Bullshit the third Jedi. one. The third one. You're the Ren- Star Wars Ren- expert Ren- here. Ren- Revenge of the Sith. No. <laughs> yes. Right. Whatever. The third Whatever one. The fucking third piece of Episode shit. Sequel which is. I gotta say, I didn't hate because it seemed like someone else directed it. It actually had some nice looking shots every once in a while. There was restraint shown in scenes. There was literally a scene where me and, and the Guardian sat there and was looking at it. And there was actual emotion felt. And I was like, holy shit, they're actually doing something. And then off the corner of the screen, I saw C-3PO bot walking. Oh, man. And I was like, they're going to ruin it. They're going to freaking ruin it. And then it just cuts away. And I was like, what? <laughs> what the shit? He didn't ruin it? And I, that, that freaking blew my mind, dude. Because it actually had some feeling behind it. And he didn't ruin it. Now, if we know anything about cinema, we know that George Lucas is... I mean, he's a human being, so he is affected by what people say. Yep. And he's expressed that on various times. It's almost like he was beaten down by the time the third uh, prequel came out. Uh, and he did cave into some pressure from the distributor, which was Fox, 
Now, mind you, they're the distributors. Mm-hmm. And they said, dude, something doesn't change yeah. here. This is not going well, you know. Uh, so he caved in to a lot of stuff in terms of fan expectations and the studio, uh, the distributor, I should say. And that was a good thing. Yeah. Because, damn, Lucas Unrestrained gave us fucking it's Phantom bad. Menace and Attack of the Clones. There is, I mean, there is some shitty shit in there, like in, within the yeah. first bit. I will say this: the first bit in which they're going, the um, Anakin and Obi Wan are attacking. You felt more camaraderie in that one scene than the entire prequel, the other two prequels. Oh, that's maybe because they wasted all the other shit on him being a lame kid. Yeah, one and two, him being a bratty teen. Yeah, so in love, no less. Again, that's like another thing where it's like instantly you're like, okay, he somehow did this and failed in the other two movies. But there is a lot of dumb humor in it still, especially in the beginning. Uh, there's like pointless CG set pieces that are just hideous. But for the most part, it's more restrained than the previous two. And I actually like it better than Return of the Jedi because Return of the Jedi is shit. Yeah, um, I would say that's probably what I would say too. But honestly, still, I'd, yeah. I'd rather not watch either of them. Uh, but yeah, Return of the Jedi would be more disappointing in the sense that the, the build-up was so good. Yeah, it had everything set for it to go, and then you give us half of a good movie. Half a good, yeah. If, half, if that, like maybe a, a third of a good movie. Yeah, third really good, so, the rest is shit. Yeah, the rest whereas, is garbage. Whereas the episode three is a little more consistently, I'm not going to say cool, but a little more consistently less shit than the previous Yeah, one. yeah, I would agree. But overall, we can the agree suck. that the prequels fucking stink, and they ruined a lot of good stuff, and they glossed over stuff we wanted to see. Yeah. And they and, retcon shit like the Metachlorian shit, oh, where it's just like, what? Just yes. completely destroy the force. Yes. Talk about reducing something mythical to shit yep. in an instant. And they don't look like they even belong in the same universe. Yeah, that's another thing. Nothing. Now, you could argue that from movie to movie in the Star Wars universe. For example, I think the only movie that feels like a real place and, and real events is Rogue One. It just felt real. That's the first time I ever felt that universe feel like substantial and like something that could exist or did exist uh but that's not to rob anything from like empire or something you know something they have a feeling of something anyway yeah these just felt like a machine (laughs) churned them out and yeah and then they were like oh well that's not stupid looking enough let's add some more stupidity to this and they achieved that because they stunk yep and now we're not just jumping out. We're not. We're known to not jump on bad wagons. It's true. You know, we took a controversial stance on Ghostbusters. We're known for DC love. We love the DC universe, but this there's just no excuses for the fucking prequels. They were terrible, yep. especially considering. And I, even, I would even say I had a controversial thought there. I thought part episode three is better than freaking Return of Jedi. Yeah. That being said, still, still garbage. Still, yeah, still but shit. it did. St- for better or for worse, they did start a little fad, or or they brought the prequel idea back to the yeah. forefront of filmmaking. So every now and then, and this is what's confusing to me, we'll get like four sequels and all of a sudden, there's a prequel. There's a prequel. You know, the world did it. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's a mixed, uh, you can't even say it's a mixed response because people generally just forget about a prequel, yeah. you know, and there's like a little ahead. bit of hate there in the beginning. But yeah. then after that, it's no one cares. But let's talk about some of the prequels that have come out since the prequels. Uh, first of all, well, actually, let's talk about some of the ones before that we enjoyed. Uh, I think the one that immediately came to my mind, and it was the same for you as you 
mentioned this as we're preparing for the video, is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Now, I, this is probably the Indiana Jones movie I've watched the most because as a kid, I loved it. I know a lot of people dislike it. Yeah. But uh, it was my favorite for a long time uh, until I realized one day... Well, Raiders is a better movie. Yeah, Raiders is a better... I mean, I knew that yeah. inherently before, but then there was that click moment where I go, man, that's, it's too good to just be you know, ravenously watching Temple of Doom over and over again. And that being said, we did own the Temple of Doom tape, and we wore that baby out hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love Temple of Doom. It's fucking fun as shit. And it's just, uh, you know, crazy wildness. Yeah. But, uh... Didn't some, realize... I didn't yeah, realize it was a prequel for it, a long time, despite the fact that it says 1935 in the beginning. Yeah, you just kind of shrug that off. You, you yeah. just It's just another right? adventure. Yeah, and, and, and that's why that prequel, I think, worked, you know? Because, well, first of all, one, you don't even fucking realize it. Yeah. But two, it, it gave that feeling of this man being the world-trotting adventurer that he was, you yeah. know? It was... Not what you expected. Maybe you expect some more Nazi hijinks. I know that's why a lot of people bitched about it. Yeah. Oh, this is too wild. This is too... What, what is this? It's too wacky. But I dug that, man. Yeah, it was and cool. I like... It has a lot of horror elements, which yeah, I it does. But, uh, you know, I really dug that. But yeah, it was for me years later that I was like, wait a minute. This yeah, shit takes cool. place way before... Yeah. The hell? Uh, so that was kind of like a moment of realization that I was unaware of. Another one that I was kind of unaware of for a while was uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I don't recall if you've seen it or not. But uh, that was one of them. But again, the, uh, the prequel thing is a bit more subtle in it and yeah. you know not really relevant to what's going on. Later, post the prequels, we will get the more integrated prequel. The more, oh look, you can watch this after you watch the first one. But really, if you watched it before the first one, you'd be like, huh? Why was any of this relevant type of prequel, you know? Uh, and that one's kind of like a give or take, like how, uh, how does that function? You know, but, but we'll, we'll, let's talk about that. Uh, any prequels that come to mind that you fucking hate off the top of your head, off the top of my head. Uh, you know, sure. There's a couple Alien sucks. Dinglings. alien covenant. You know, yeah. we've talked about this and yeah, of course it's fucking terrible. Yeah. If you want uh, our thoughts, check out our worst movies of the year. That being said, we did enjoy the prequel in its nascent state, which is Prometheus. Yes. Cause alien covenant is a sequel well, to, to a, a prequel. prequel. So it's a prequel, still a prequel, but it's a sequel to a prequel, which is still a prequel. Like you said, yeah, that's just got confusing. The point yeah. is we loved Prometheus. Yeah. Because it was this other thing, you know, it was different. And again, as we mentioned before, it was saddled with the burden of being part of a universe. So people had expectations, yeah. people wanted this and that. And that led to the ultimate disappointment, which is Alien Covenant. So yeah, that was very disappointing. And there's, of course, there's Wolverine Origins. Yes. It's and one of the worst movies we've seen theatrically. It's ironic that Wolverine Origins was the first X-Men prequel. But subsequently, the other X-Men prequels have become much more accepted. Most notably for us, I think, would be First Class. Yeah, I love First Class. You know, uh, and of course, uh, people loved um, uh, Days, Days of Future Past. And... Eh, Apocalypse got like a whatever reception. Yeah. But uh, Singer, generally, they're yeah. liked. Uh, they're... On nope. the other hand, doing Wolverine that. Origins is an atrocity. Yeah, it's shit. Um I think the red, uh, you know, the, the the fucking red light for this should have been 
the director doesn't like comics. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine, you know. I should say, it's fine for the director not to know about the comic before he gets involved in the project. Or maybe he's not a comics guy, per se, but but he is a filmmaker. They could add their own specific flavor to it. That's fine. But this guy adamantly hated comics. Yeah. He thought they were stupid. He thought they were pointless. Why would you hire that guy? I don't care what good history he has. He openly states that he hates the medium. Yep. And what do you get? You get a piece of crap movie. Yeah. That's nothing. That killed the plans to make other prequels. Origin movies, yeah. And, uh, you know, the the thing is, uh, he hates the medium, but he adopted the things in the medium that would translate as completely silly on screen. Yeah. So I don't understand. And then uh, I remember reading an interview with him where he said that he realized that comics were like Greek tragedies, but you made a movie that's nothing like that. So why, why, why is that relevant? Yep. But let's talk about what you hated. <laughs> this this freaking sucks. It had to give origins to everything. Yeah, even there's the a, fucking jacket. There's an origin to the jacket. There's a freaking the effects were somehow worse than part ones. Uh, it sucked ass. It shoehorned characters. This is the first time we saw other than part three, which they did. But this is the first time that it annoyed me. The shoehorning of other X-Men in there just because, even if it doesn't make sense because of the time period, freaking sucked. Uh, Deadpool was the biggest, you know, Deadpool misstep. I remember being so excited that Ryan Reynolds was cast as Deadpool. And of course, uh, you know, we had seen X-Men 1, 2, and 3, which, you know, to some degree or another excited us. And you know, there. In other words, there was up to this point, there was no precedent for yeah. us to go. We should, suck. we should completely fear this thing. Yeah. You know, I know part three wasn't well received, but uh, you know, we didn't mind it. Uh, it had its moments, despite its flaws. But whatever, you know, I'm okay with being fluid with adaptations of comic books. Yeah, uh, I have to be, no matter what everybody else says, because we get super fluid adaptations anyway. Yeah, every Marvel movie is pretty much a bad adaptation of a comic story. Yeah. Albeit sometimes they do it better, of course. Oh, yeah, of But course. the point is... They're bad adaptations. Yeah. Uh, but the point is here, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was ready for, for Deadpool, is what I was getting at. Yep. And, uh... Yeah, they sewed his mouth. He has, like, three fucking lines or something. Yep. I don't know how, five, six lines, maybe. None of them are witty because it's before he fully deadpool yeah. And then when he becomes Deadpool, what is he? What is this Deadpool? I don't... Who is this guy? Why does he look like a weird, I don't know, like he's a burned clown guy he's, he's, with a? He was he was like a Frankenstein made out of a bunch of different, except it sucked ass. It was terrible, man. Yep. It was so bad that nobody gave a shit when they just completely erased that. Yeah. And made fun of it in yeah. the movie, even though it was a you know it's supposed to be a very tongue in cheek movie, they still make fun of it blatantly and nobody cared. Mm-hmm. It was a good. Fuck X-Men Wolverine yeah. Origins. And how will I am. Yeah. Oh God, man. The amount of people, in the, like you said, just shoehorning yeah. shit in. You know, uh, uh, everybody was in this. The fucking blob, you know. Cyclops. Uh, Saber, Cyclops for fucking White reason. Queen for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Gambit. What the fuck? Why was he yeah, in there? Yeah, that was bad. And at that time, they were planning to bring Gambit in. That's what I'm telling you. The, the timeline makes no sense. Like, why is Gambit... He would have had to be like freaking 60 or some shit if they brought him in. Yeah. 
It's just horrible, man. The worst part is it, it ruined Liev Schreiber as as uh, Sabretooth. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, who wouldn't have loved to see that again? And uh, it just really it ruined Sabretooth in general. They yeah. never brought him back. They just kind of said, yeah, well, <laughs> that was a kind of forget that. Yep. It never happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was one of the few saving. I mean, Hugh Jackman's always great as Wolverine, but yeah, it's it was, just he couldn't even, even hear, yeah, even yeah. hear some of the stuff was like, What is that? Yeah, you know, and it wasn't his fault, no, it was just but that pose, yeah. yeah, let's just inexplicably pose like this for hours for 10 years before attacking. Ah, uh, just some horrible choices overall, terrible, just a horrid script. It's everywhere. It's hopping all over the place. Effects are shit. Nothing's good. The effects are horrible. Why does everybody fly in this fucking thing? Yeah. I'm serious. These fights were like mid-air clashes for some reason. Like, dude, what the hell is this? What's with the airtime? What's Michael Jordan? It's not good. It was terrible, man. It was pretty good. (laughs) You know, first class kind of made up First class was great. I loved first class. And when you saw it without subtitles, which is kind of an important part because most of the dialogue is... Uh, in another language, at least most of Magneto's. And I was like, oh, okay, well, the German I could get through, and then and then there was French, yeah, <laughs> and there, there was, was like, Russian, oh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> and yet, still good. Yeah, fantastic movie, man. Uh, from Matthew Bond, yep. who brought us one of the worst sequels ever, Kingsman. Yep. But, uh, and, and you could say the same for the other two. I mean, not so much Apocalypse, but you could say the same for yeah. In the Future Past. So that's a good example of some good prequels that came out of a piece of shit mm-hmm. prequel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it can happen and then it can just flop or vice versa, you know? Yep. Speaking of flops, yep. there's a prequel that came out of a piece of shit movie which that one? was a sequel. Which one was that one? And that's The Scorpion King. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, was a film. Which was a prequel to a horrible sequel, The Mummy Returns. I love The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, still mummy. think The Mummy is great. Yeah. Uh, we recently, re- or I recently rewatched it with my mother. We rewatched the whole trilogy, and anybody who says the third one is the worst, freaking sucks because the yeah, second one no is sense. is horrible. And this was a prequel to that. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't even understand why they would want a prequel to it. Everybody thought pretty much the Mummy Returns was shit. Yeah. And even those people that didn't were like, that was it for the Scorpion. Yeah. Thing? Like, isn't that even the same character? Uh, yeah. And then I mean. What? Who gives a shit? Yeah. And then he turns into a big effect. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, then we get a prequel, which, you know, it, and The Rock even lobbied for this. Yeah. He should have been the bad version of himself, or at least the marauding badass. Yeah. That was so you get like a weird, goofy guy. Yeah, he's like this goofy, lovable barbarian. Yeah. You know, and he's trekking across the desert, having adventures and such. Big Mike is there for some reason. Yeah, uh, it was really pointless because you could have just made another movie with yeah that theme, because he wasn't the character that he ultimately becomes, and and you can't even see him becoming that. So it's just like, who gives a shit? Yeah, this is not even the Scorpion King. This is just a guy. That has the title in the movie, The Scorpion King. And needless to say, they had to follow that up with like a thousand direct-to-video sequels. Of which I saw one and I was like, that's it, I'm done. This is fucking uber shit. I thought the movie... I and, and, and granted, 
The first time I saw the movie, I was like, eh, it was all right. Yeah, you bought it. You know, I bought it, and I, re- I watched the longer cut, and I was like, eh, man, it was okay. And then a couple years later, we rewatched it, and we're like, man, nope. it's not good. It wasn't good. It was freaking shit, actually. Uh, but yeah, the, you thought that was bad. The sequels to that, which are also prequels, woo dogs. That shit was horrid. <laughs> man, it's not even worth mentioning it was that bad. And they have, like, different guys in yeah, each one do. playing the fucking Scorpion King. Terrible, man. But I'll tell you what. Uh-huh. Speaking of big budget movies that eventually spawned a sequel that was actually a prequel. Uh-huh. Here's one that I liked. And I even like it kind of a lot more than it's... Now, granted, I haven't seen movies after this one. But I did see the ones before it, of course. I liked it more than the part two to this. And uh, maybe even sometimes more than the part one to this. And that's Underworld 3, which was really Underworld the prequel. Rise of the Lycans. And I don't know if you saw this or not, mm. but I thoroughly enjoyed this. And, and you know, it, it was just a throwback to the story of, uh, what was his name, Lucian, the, the werewolf guy from part one. Lucius? My dog, Lucius? <laughs> My dog, Lucius. Um, yeah, it was just a throwback to the love story that spawned the war between vampires and wolves. And it was really fucking badass, man. I really thoroughly enjoyed the movie. And it did something... That the sequel kind of got wrong. The sequel thought bigger is better. And I enjoyed part two. But uh, there was times where I was like, all right, you could just, you know, really back a little and it'd be a little better, you know. But uh, uh, Rise of the Lycans kept it very basic. It didn't depend heavily on special effects, though it is very effects laden. But uh, it was much more subdued affair and it, and it took its subject matter seriously and the world that it had created seriously which is really neat man and it was just neat to see <clears throat> the origins Wolverine? of this conflict and it brought an interesting question to i'm just gonna ignore that because <laughs> fuck wolverine but uh it brought an interesting question to mind and is would it have worked had it been the first movie in the series and i think for this one it would have you know but that's a question that comes to me uh, the more prequels I see, you know, would this have worked by itself if it was the first installment? I think Rise of Lycan is one of those that would have. Whereas something like, say, Scorpion King would have been like, oh, how did how did the follow up be there? You know, it would have, yeah. <laughs> you know, it would have spawned a Made completely no different sense, series. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, here's another. I mean, you could count this one as a prequel, sorta. But uh, really, it's kind of like one of those, like, it's everywhere now, so who knows what the fuck. But uh, Oz the Great and Powerful yeah. was supposed to be a prequel to The Wizard of Oz. The thing is, is you're kind of like at odds as to what iteration of Wizard of Oz. Is it a prequel to the movie? Is it a prequel to the books? It's kind of both. Because yeah. it takes elements and it uses elements of both to kind of formulate itself. Now, I I know you haven't seen this movie but I actually really enjoyed this movie, man. It kind of reminded me like what they would do if this was kind of like a modern stage play, only, you know, with a more cinematic flair. Now, there was a times when the special effects were a bit much uh, to the point where Oz didn't feel too magical. But that's kind of an odd thing to say, and it may be a biased thing to say because my reference point is... The Wizard of Oz movie, the classic movie, yeah. uh, 
I'm so used to that. And I think as a culture, we're so used to yeah, that. Yeah, that's the that... hard thing that any, like, sequel or remake has to um, get past is yeah. the, the look of the original. Especially with something so classic and ingrained in our memory. Even though it wasn't the originals. Yeah. Actually, like, the third one, but whatever. That's the one everybody remembers. Yeah, that's definitely the one everybody remembers. It's the one that's beloved. So, I guess my feeling of the magical wonder of Oz is that weird kind of staged look yeah. of that movie. So, that's kind of like a bias. Uh, but I would be really interested to see what you think about it. Because I actually really enjoyed it, man. And I thought the stuff they did with the witches was pretty damn neat. Uh, I greatly enjoyed it. And, and that's considering it had some really odd casting choices that uh i thought weren't gonna work but then they did you know like james franco as uh as, yeah that is weird yeah as oz and uh, mila kunis as as one of the witches uh you know just some str- strange choices that i didn't think were gonna work but i was pretty surprised and i was pretty pleased by it so uh i'll tell you what i wasn't pleased by. <laughs> i'll tell you what i wasn't pleased by and that's uh, this really shouldn't count as a prequel but I guess it counts as a cinematic prequel. And that is The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, in literature, The Hobbit predates The Lord of the Rings, obviously. Uh, but in the book, in the movies, the movies were well set and established. And there's only so much of The Hobbit you can adapt before you go... All right, well, I'm done. That's that's yeah. the movie, you know. It's this big. Yeah, so you, you take your liberties. So I counted it as a prequel because he added, uh, Peter Jackson and company added a lot of substance to it to make the world bigger, the events bigger, and to link them into the universe that they were tied into. So I definitely count this as a prequel. And it had that air, you know, like of revisiting worlds that you were familiar with, you know. In fact, that's, that's what the uh, promotional said. Uh, you know, the last chance to see Middle Earth. And, you know, it was revisiting something you were familiar with, which is the point of a prequel. Let's revisit the roots of something, you know, something. That's something. Right. And uh, so I sat down and finally saw it. Yeah. And I uh, got to say. Kind of stunk. I didn't like the first one. Yeah. Now, that's not to say you the didn't first hate it. No, no, I don't hate, hate it. it. It's not a total loss. As a, a Tolkien fan, I love a lot of stuff in it. What I don't like <laughs> is that it it's literally... 10,000 hours of look, people sitting. Yeah, it literally said, hey, you know that part in the book where people just fucking sit and talk for 10 trillion years? You just explained our channel, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make that into a whole movie. Yeah. Uh, and so just, it's basically what you're saying here, it's... This the is, Hob- this the, is Hobbit the Hobbit. Is, the Hobbit is $10 Slimer, the film. Yeah, man. We made that movie, apparently, because yeah. it's just fucking assholes <laughs> talking and eating. <laughs> we uh, don't eat. The thing is here, look, in, in, in the book, it comes off as whimsical. It's a, it's a kid's book, yeah. so it comes off as whimsical and nice. And you're being introduced to the idea of dwarves and hobbits. Yeah, so it's kind of, you like, forgive it. Yeah. yeah. You need to know how hobbits and dwarves behave. But at this point, you're like, dude, we already had that eight-hour scene in the Fellowship in the Shire. We don't need yeah, we already, another one. We already know how these people is, uh, behave. We don't need to reestablish their quirks and eccentricities yeah. again. Now, I haven't seen this movie because I remember the promotional material had relied heavily on the quirkiness of the dwarves, and it pissed me off. And they also, I saw the, the trailer on, was it 40, whatever, the frame rate they did? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it looked awful. 
Yeah, they, they did shoot it at a higher frame rate, uh, which, you know, really elevated the experience of watching it in, in 3D. Yeah, but, but it uh, looks like shit. Yeah, when you, when you saw it just with normal old peepers yeah and it and looked like a soap opera that i remember seeing the trailer in 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 the theater and dying a little but so i didn't see it you saw it yeah and uh, you told me it sucked yeah it uh, again there's a lot in here that i fucking absolutely love i love but man goblin just, king yeah and you know it wasn't just the fact that we were reintroduced to the idea of hobbits and dwarves when we already knew that stuff and, and, and look, even then, it would have been fine to have all that scene if what they portrayed carried their characters along. Yeah. It doesn't. It's it just, doesn't. It doesn't do anything to their characters. It's there to be there. Yeah. In fact, the most of the character growth comes in part two. But uh, Which is the one I saw. Yeah. But uh, but there was a lot of saving graces in the movie that I still... I don't hate the movie. I just dislike... This movie could have been... An hour, an hour and a half shorter than, than it was. And I, mind you, I saw the extended cut, but I think the extended cut of part one only adds like 10 minutes. Yep. The point is, it was fucking long. <laughs> there was shit in there that didn't need to be in there because we already were familiar with stuff. And that Goblin King dancing sequence fucking blew my nuts. Man, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, it it was bad. But, again, the movie as a whole is not horrible. It's just a victim of circumstance. Yeah. Now, that being said... I absolutely loved part two, and I love the shit out of part three. I liked part two. I loved part three. Yeah. Uh, so in part the three end, kicks ass. Part three works, even at like it kind of works like as a standalone. Even I think. Um, I mean, obviously you need to know some of the characters, but at that point, most of most of the storylines kind of end in the sequel and then in the second one. So I thought the third one kind of was good as a standalone, and you get badass action again. Yeah, it's it's uh pretty it's 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 one of those things they they formatted just the same as the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, where it's build up, payoff and build up and then ultimate payoff. Yeah. And uh except that here our first one is oh boy. <laughs> They're really building this up and not in yeah. a good way and then oh good, they've righted the ship and some payoff. And then and, yeah, yeah the and even though it does end, it does end in a cliffhanger. I believe the second one, mm-hmm. you get the resolution in the beginning of the third. Yeah, uh, it's I, like I freaking it was really good. Yeah, uh, it it was one of those where ultimately you feel justified. Yeah, uh, despite the flaws of the first one, so it wasn't a total loss, of course, and you know, espe- I should say especially because of two and three, but uh, damn, the first one doubt. Yeah. So now, now here's the problem now. Now the entire series is kind of besmirched by the fact that you have to start with an unexpected journey. Yeah. You're kind of like, well, what kind of, damn it, man. I, ah, oh, man. And you still got to see it, by the way. Yeah. And it's going to happen because it's kind of necessary. But, uh, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. Maybe the fact that I've uh, I don't know, so man. much loathed <laughs> will help you. <laughs> like. Kind of go, ah, you know, it's not that maybe, bad. Maybe. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, let's talk about a, a prequel that I saw, <laughs> I didn't even get through one millisecond of. Okay. And Millicent? that's, that's uh, Dumb and Dumber-er. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Well, that was, yeah, that's what it was, right? Yeah, Dumb and Dumber-er when Harry met Lloyd. No, 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 no. That was Dumb and Dumber 2. Yeah, what was, the, what was that one called? Dumb and Dumber 2. No, 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm 
How do you forget this? I'm not this is they both sucked. Yep. Or Dumb and Dumb, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber 2, no wait, Dumb and Dumber-er yeah. is a fucking terrible prequel <laughs> that should have never been made. Now, I will grant them one concession, and is, is that they got a guy that physically resembles Jim Carrey yeah, quite a bit. that's true. But uh, that's nothing. When the fucking movie sucks, complete donkey dicks, yep. and is a complete waste of time, you know, and it, I mean, you think... Our, let's just say this: our lame-ass brother, who loves Dumb and Dumber, to a annoying degree, hated it. Yeah, that says something because he doesn't have very good movie taste. Yeah, and I mean, you can argue Dumb and Dumber is not a good movie in terms of you know being a tasteful movie because yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty this, filthy. This is a person that like grown-ups. So, but uh, you know, even then, you're like, man, this this prequel fucking sucks. On epic levels, and and it it wasn't just restricted to the lack of Jim Carrey or anything like that. It was just literally, it's a bad movie, yep, start to finish. Which unfortunately, well, I know I haven't seen it to be fair, but the Dumb and Dumber, the, the follow up, oh, Dumb and Dumber two. I'm sorry, Dumb and Dumber God two. The follow up <laughs> was a movie that I also didn't get through because uh, I gave up on that son of a bitch I'm right second away. Second in. Yeah, literally a second in. This is, you know, it was like literally like I can't do it. I just got the bad air. Now I don't know. It might be good, but uh, probably not. I got the bad air. Yep, the bad know. air, like the one that's coming up from my ass. <laughs> <laughs> now here's a movie that's oft maligned, uh, and there's actually two of these, but uh, both of them were kind of hated, mm-hmm. and that's the Exorcist prequel. Yeah, there is two of uh, those. There are two of them. One by. One uh, written and directed by Paul Schrader, who wrote *The Taxi Driver*, and he was originally going to direct the movie. Period, but he came across some complications from the studio, and uh, I was saddened to hear that because Paul Schrader again directed—I mean, wrote uh, um, *Taxi Driver*, which is you know one of my favorite movies of all time, and you know he's a well-renowned writer, and I was like, man. You know, studios, especially uh, uh, Morgan, I think Morgan Creek released it. They're renowned for <clears throat> fiddling with the product. Yep. And um, diddling with it. I was like, well, that's a fucking shame, man. Uh, what's going to happen now? And they and then they just reshoot the entire yeah. movie. Rewrite, reshoot the entire movie with Rennie Harlan, you know, who at the time and for a long time has been one of those directors that everybody hates. And I think unjustly so. I mean, he's not the you know, a class director, but he's directed some fun stuff, uh, in my opinion, as well as duds here and there. And, and now his career's such on the download, he, you know, he does directed, he just basically director for hire now, Yeah. you know, but, uh, nonetheless, I, it was alarming. I was like, damn, they, they got rid of this Academy Award winning writer and bitched about it. In my head, it was like, they didn't like the serious solemn tone yeah. of it. It was too wordy for them. It was too alike. It was too good. Yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah. too good. It was too like the Blatty classic, the Friedkin classic, that they didn't think it was marketable to modern audiences. That was what was going on in my head. Now you saw some of this movie. I did. And it seems that uh, now, to be fair, to be fair, I didn't see any of the story parts. How does that work? Because I, I literally just saw the beginning, the okay. the first like 10 minutes, uh, because I was in a place in which horror was not to be spoken of, 
unless the people were parked, which makes zero sense, by the way. Anyway, saw the first 10 minutes, and I was like, all right, I mean, this could be cool. But then those hyenas come in, and you're like, whoa, those effects stink! But it might be a good movie. It just it might just it have might unfinished be... effects or whatever. Yeah, and it definitely had that. Uh, however, the con- now again, I haven't seen it, and I will eventually one day see it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the consensus seems to be that it is a bit sluggish. Yeah, I hear it's very it slow. It is uh, kind of confusing at times and kind of pointless at times. And that ultimately, it feels like nothing happened. And... It just seems that the movie was genuinely not not something yeah. fantastic. And so they said, fuck this, let's scrap it. Now, they did have a big burden on their backs. And that's the fact that they're trying to make a prequel to one of the best movies of all time. The best horror movie of all time? Uh, if it's not, it's pretty damn close to it. And one of the best movies of all time. I mean, it's got a hefty load on it. So I think whoever directed this movie... Short of the movie being beyond genius, it was going to be saddled with a bad name. Yeah. So that was a lot. And then they hire Rennie Harlan, the guy who at the time, you know, everybody was still on the Cutthroat Island thing. They hated his entry into the Nightmare on Elm Street series, etc. And he was renowned more for these action movies and stuff like that. So people were like, oh, well, that's going to suck. And they just crossed their arms and said, that's it. Which I think is a bit unfair because I actually kind of really enjoy Exorcist the beginning. Uh, tells the story of Father Marin's first encounter with the demon Pazuzu when he was a young uh, priest in Africa struggling with his faith. Which is a pretty good way to show his eventual relationship, with quick though it was, with Father Karras in the Exorcist movie. Now, I will say this, in terms of tone, it's very different from the exorcist the exorcist takes its time to tell a story and the exorcist is not contrary to what a lot of people think a horror movie it's a faith movie it was written by a catholic a faithful catholic man it's about faith it's about the struggle uh, of the modern mind the logical mind versus the faithful mind and uh, it's about those themes way before it's about anything horrific and it takes its time to tell the story of the people before, you know, it becomes strictly horror. This movie is more like getting to the point of the horror. Mm. And if you can forgive that, I think this movie deserves a lot more credit than it gets. I actually greatly enjoy it. It also is not, you know, a horror romp. Yeah. You know, it's not ah, guts and, you know, it's none of that. It, it takes its time building the character. What kind of movie are you? <laughs> this is my horror rock yeah, movie. Apparently, there's uh, guts flying up and shit. Yeah, man, it, it takes its time with the character and it establishes a history that makes sense with Father Marin and it really builds up to this final confrontation with the demon that, although effects heavy, I know a lot of people bitched about that, but I thought, you know what? We have this more subtle freakish uh, and uh, ultimately very scary confrontation with Pazuzu in The Exorcist already. Why would you duplicate that? Yeah, why would you do it again? Instead, give us something more dramatic here. And they do do that. And for better or for worse, I actually greatly enjoyed it. And I really, really think this movie deserves a lot more credit. You enjoyed it so much. You almost fought a man to death at the Google because he almost took your copy. Yeah, he he touched upon my copy and I said... 
Fuck Snow, that's mine. And here it is. Yeah. The point is, I greatly enjoy that movie. I hope you'll revisit it with me. I don't remember. Did you see it? Uh, no, I didn't. The only I only saw that little bit of the other one. Oh, okay, okay. So we'll yeah, I remember being really orange too. I remember I had a very orange look, uh-huh. which was kind of creepy. You know what's funny? All the uh, uh, screenshots I've seen of it have that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I think it was an aesthetic choice. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll visit those when we do our Exorcist uh, retrospectives. But uh, yeah, I think it deserves a lot more attention than it gets. Mm-hmm. Another one I think deserves a lot of attention was a prequel to a remake that got the remake was received well financially by the general audiences and uh, a lot of people seem to have excuse me have enjoyed it and uh, they definitely paid to see it horror fans on the other hand were like fuck that shit michael bay is involved in this bitch so we don't like it and oh look that's a Look at this color scheme. We don't like that and uh, whatever, you know. Ultimately, I think those were just, uh, you know, very superficial, shallow uh, claims from everybody. I don't like Michael Bay either. This has been established. He fucking licks. <laughs> but I actually really enjoyed the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And just to clear things up, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite horror movie possibly of all time. Um you know, there's an entire corner of, of my place that's dedicated to it. Yeah. You uh, met Leatherface. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> according to everybody. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There is no touching the original. But this was a good, different reimagining of it. Because that's really what it was. They took the same concept and restructured it. You know, they didn't have the audacity to go, we're going to make... Drayton Sawyer again and we're going to make uh, Nubbins again or none of that stuff they took the basic framework and just put new faces on it you know uh, put a new skin on it if you will and really the only familiar thing was the leather face and the basic structure but there was something different to it and I really enjoyed it now I respect that people didn't like it that's fine but what I don't get is people just shoving the prequel Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning into a corner and damning it because of its predecessor. Yeah. Like it or not, the predecessor, just leave that in the window because this prequel takes place before it and it stands alone on its own. You don't even have to watch the predecessor. Yeah. It establishes shit all on Personally, its own. Personally, wasn't a big fan of the first one. Like to see or like the prequel. Yeah, the prequel is uh, sheer brutality from yeah, uh, wall your, to wall. Your anus will shrivel. Yeah, it's it's not easy to watch. It's very visceral. It does provide uh, a great um, starting point for what I thought was a pretty badass set of family members that had already been in the movie. But unlike The Hobbit, it doesn't do the mistake of trying to reset them up. And yeah. all this. It just expands on what you already know and does gives it that you know origin boost. And actually reveals interesting stuff, not like the origin of a fucking jacket. Yep. Like in Wolverine Origins. It, you know, it, it really provided a sense of how big the family was, how integrated they were into their town, you know, and uh, it gives a real uh, in depth uh, look at the Leatherface character. It was really good, man. And again, the brutality factor, it was one of the most uh, morally and emotionally. 
uh, fucked up movies you could see. You know, there's no winning. You know everybody's going to die. Period. But it was awesome. I loved it. Which is something else I could say about the other prequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's a prequel that was made just this year, this past year, 2017, uh, or still this year, 2017. It's almost going to be yeah. 2018. That's what I'm getting at here. Uh, but it was made in 2017, and that's the prequel. It's a modern prequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was Leatherface, which I also greatly enjoyed. It, and again, it, it really creates its own flavor for itself. It's not what I expected it to be, but what I got, I was uh, actually pretty fucking pleased with. Um, I remember you being pleased with it too. Maybe yeah. not to the extent that I, I was. I love it, but, but I uh, liked it quite a bit. Uh, yeah, and it was one of those that the more I thought about it, the more it grew on me. And uh, yeah, it was just, again, another prequel that I think deserves a lot more attention than it got. I know the movie just kind of... Flopped out. Yeah, it just, they just kind of shat it into the theaters. Barely. Well, <laughs> it's a miracle we even got it here to come to think about it. True. But, uh, Not gonna lie, we downloaded it. Yeah, because we thought we weren't going to get it. And, yep. But uh, anyway, uh, here's another one that got shat on. And that's uh, Red Dragon. Oh, baby boy. Now, I do have to address the fact that I'm shifting a lot because my asshole hurts because we've been sitting for a long time. That being said, love me some Red Dragon. Yeah, and this was from the man, the fucking legend. What's his fucking stupid name? Brett Ratner. Brett fucking Ratner. best director. Yeah, the best director on the planet, a.k.a. one of the worst, most reviled men in Hollywood. And apparently diddles people. Yeah, the renowned diddler. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he's just, like, a, one of those terrible people that you know is a complete yeah, asshole. he looks like a shithole. Uh, he hasn't directed many good movies. Nope. You know, he directed some commercially successful ones, like the Rush Hour movies. Yeah. And, but... And uh, even shot that bad. Yeah. Good? No. But, Red Dragon was pretty good. And, uh, there was already a, a, a Red Dragon adaptation. That was Manhunter, yeah, yeah, which yeah, I also yeah. greatly enjoyed. But I got to say, I, I enjoyed I, this one uh, just as much. Yeah, I'm I'm one of the minority in which that says this one, or that enjoys this one more than Manhunter. Mainly, be, probably because I saw it before, and I wasn't as pleased with Manhunter's adaptation. Uh, but I, yeah, Red Dragon kicks ass. I thought it was great. Yeah, it is pretty fantastic. Um, I will say this, Edward Norton's hair is not good in it, but... <laughs> Other than that, yeah, I mean, I, it, it was. I guess every director at least has one chance to make something good, and yeah. that, that was, was his. That was his, yeah. That was the one right there for old Brady. Yep, I bought the tape. That's how good it is, didn't you? Buy... Speaking of Hannibal Lecter, because yeah. that was a prequel to. Uh, yeah, in Seven case Lives. you were wondering what it uh, was for, we also got another prequel because they decided, hey, Red Dragon did pretty good. Yeah, let's uh, let's tell Thomas Harris to write something, and Thomas Harris not wanting to let any other person. Sully the sequel to the prequel I mean Sully the Hannibal character uh, he said oh, well I'll do it mm-hmm. I'll write this book at like voluminously yeah. super speeds about halfway and, it was like eh. and uh, so he wrote Hannibal Rising which was not a good book mm-hmm. and was not a good movie mm-hmm. now, I haven't seen things. this one I haven't seen it it's the only one I haven't seen yeah it was because you said it sucked ass yeah uh, the guy portraying Hannibal Lecter uh, although I mean 
it's hard to, it's a, one of those where it's like, dude, Anthony Hopkins played him. You know, and it's kind of yeah. hard. Yeah. Uh, but he did a good job. It's just what was there was not good. You know, it, it tried too hard to be hard. Oh. And uh, it was not, you don't see Hannibal coming from that Hannibal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the major problems with it. You don't see him coming out of that and being the character we know eventually. Um, it, it, you know, it had moments, but ultimately it was just kind of boring and sluggish and it had none of the impact that any of their movies had. So, a failure for me. I don't know if you'll think the same when you eventually see it, but we'll see, I guess. I guess you could count the TV series. Yeah, uh, in a sense you can, except that it adapted them in order. Yeah. And it wasn't part of a series, so That's I guess you can. True. But uh, it's worthy to note that the Hannibal series is, again, not only a great adaptation of the, of the books and, and the events, uh, you know, alluded to in the books, but also managed to actually cast somebody that took on the role well, and made yeah. it theirs. Yeah, so that that's pretty cool. Big nod to Mads. That's the best yeah, name ever. Yeah, greatest name ever. Uh, the last one I kind of want to talk about is uh, kind of like the universe prequels, you know, which is a thing happening now, especially in horror. Like uh, Paranormal Activity 2 and 3 are prequels to Part 1. Insidious 3 is a prequel to Part 1 and 2. Annabelle uh, 1 and 2 are prequels to the uh i mean prequels uh of an element in the conjuring movies and uh, so is the nun upcoming now so this is kind of like a thing in horror now apparently standalone prequels standalone prequels and i gotta say uh so far it's pretty good pretty fucking good uh track record you know what i'm saying uh i love the animal prequels and uh the nun I hope it's good. Yeah. You know, I even liked Insidious Three, though I think it was robbed of some of its impact because Insidious One and Two are so fucking good, and you already inherently know that that's like the scariest cases <laughs> that have been you know confronted. So by default, this kind of has to be a prequel where it's not as scary, and it also kind of has. Uh, a bit of the Wolverine element not like that but in terms of it provides moments rather than it's richer for its moments rather than for its story you know what I'm Mm. saying in terms of the as a fan of the Insidious movies you're kind of like oh that's cool to know how that happened or how these people came across each other or or, yeah (laughs) thankfully not to that level but yeah you know that sense Uh, so in that sense it's pretty cool and it does have some cool set pieces uh, but yeah, it's kind of robbed of the impact because part one and two are so fucking good. But the point is, that's one of those that wouldn't work by itself had you not previously seen the other two. So there's that to take into account. But uh, yeah, overall, uh, the, I think uh, that's probably, I think by far, so far we've seen that the horror genre is the one that's handled the prequel thing the best yeah. of all the prequels that we've mentioned. Yeah. Um, and that sci-fi apparently has handled them the worst. Woo-hoo! But, um, yeah, man, prequels, 
Oh, I'll mention one more horror prequel that I greatly enjoyed, and that's Final Destination 5, uh, which I know you haven't seen, so nope. I guess I've just ruined it for you. Yep. But the whole thing it's a was... Twist, it's a prequel. Look, for this, this fucking thing is... Here's the thing. Let me put it this way. Final Destination 1 became kind of like a thing, you know? Yeah. People were like, oh, remember this we, is cool. It was remember successful. Remember we would go drive to the cinemas when it was in the cheapos and watch them babies die. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a fun uh, little story. Uh, and it was a good way to catch some cool little fun deaths. Yep. Which is kind of morbid, but there it is. Yep. But uh, then Part 2 kind of ratcheted up the ante, added a little humor into Those it. logs and shit. And uh, yeah, it had pretty intense sequences. So that was pretty neat. Part three was kind of like, well, I mean, that was fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, Tony Todd in that one? Uh, yeah. That was a thing. Um, so you're like, all right. I mean, he's in all of them except for one of them, but it's like. Oh, he is? Yeah. It's, That's it's like, how much I remember him. He's like, all right, well, that was a movie. Then part four came along. Man, that fucking thing sucks. And it has the audacity to call itself The Final yeah, Destination. Yeah, it does. That is one of the worst fucking movies I have ever seen. Talk about the stupidest deaths and circumstances whereby people die ever. It was the worst, man. I am pissed. And it was shot for 3D. Oh, no. So it was part three, though. And they didn't go into these levels of stupidity. So all the gag deaths look horrible, man. Just terrible. Why, why is it shooting at my face? <laughs> Why is her fingers falling? Yeah, it, it was terrible. And, you know, there's a lot of CGI because of that. And it looks bad. It looks just horrid. So when Part 5 came out, nobody cared by then because of Part 4. But uh, you're watching it and you're like, oh, man, this is uh, this is touching on some good shit here. This is going back to 1 and 2 level style, you know, intensity. And then it ends. And you realize that these are the events that led to the events of Part 1. And you're like, what? My brain just blew out my fucking head. It was pretty cool, man. Just ruined it for you. Yep. Like well, that. Now I'm like, well, not gonna watch this movie. Also, my ass hurts. No, it's pretty no, worth. Uh, it's it. pretty worth watching. Despite that, it's just made all the cooler by the fact that you're like, oh shit, this all led to that. That's pretty good. That's pretty neat. But uh, yeah, man. So prequels. I guess we're just gonna get them forever now. Yeah. And uh, I guess they'll continue to go virtually unnoticed. Yep. But that's okay. Because by and far it seems that most of them are pretty good, so except for the, except for the prequels, that is to say, Star Wars, which are fucking terrible. But uh, anyway, that's been our little chat about prequels, and on our official TDC podcast, copyright two million years ago. I love how the copyright is held by TDC, not TD. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know what I was thinking? Texas Department of Corrections. All right. Where I've been. So, <laughs> so, so there you go. <laughs> so we don't know what the copyright to our channel. But apparently, apparently uh, prison does. Yep. But anyway, this has been Ahab and the Goon Tick. Let us know what you think about prequels. What are some of your favorite? What are some of the missed? That's right, missed. <laughs> Why is this feed? <laughs> you, you you were talking the whole time. Now you're losing it. TDC and then Meast. Hit like, share, <laughs> and subscribe. What is this outro? And hit those notifications. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. All right.